This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Podcast. Uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Hey. Hey, everybody. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the All Love No Fear podcast with your co-host, KB, a.k.a. That's Me, and... Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. Yeah! This is episode seven. Seven, that's crazy. Seven's the number of completion. We're not done yet, but... Obs. But, you know, (laughs) yeah. But it's, it's a good number. I missed being here last week. I was off retreating in the woods with the bears. Um, it was lit though. Um, <laughs> oh boy, like real life bears. Like I'm not exaggerating. There was like a whole family of bears up there in Pennsylvania, but um, I made it. Praises, whoop whoop. Um, and you guys did an amazing job. You and Dalton and Mark. Uh, the conversation was really really good. I enjoyed it very much, and I hope that um, you guys will be able to do some more um, man cave editions in the future because I enjoyed it very much, and I hope right. our listeners did too. I hope you did like it. Word to big bird. Word. So before we get into our love of the list, I just need to talk about um, how hot it is. Um, I'm not really with all of this. Um, I think in our first podcast, we rated the seasons. Um, summer is still not up there for me. Um, yeah, I, I told you that winter is better than summer. But all nah, right. Uh, better is a reach. Better is a hard reach. But... I will say that, like, I'm not really featuring summer right now because I feel like <laughs> I feel like the seasons, they just don't really they don't really transition well. Like it'd be like brick, 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 brick. Oh, less brick. Oh, allergy weather. Sneeze, sneeze, sneeze. Rain, rain, rain. Aggressive sun causing skin rashes. Like, I just don't I feel like I don't get a lot of lead up. Like legit last week, there were days I was wearing a jacket. And then there were days where it was blazing hip-hop and R&B outside. And I was not impressed. And, like, I went out yesterday to Dance Africa, which we're going to talk about later, and came back. And why do I have rashes on, like, my back? Because my shirt, like, fell, like, a little bit down my back. Like, why? What is that? Yeah. I can't do this anymore, guys. Like I said, my list was based off of us living in New York. New York is trash <laughs> in the summer. It's not a fantastic summertime. Like, legit. Like, I'm just like, yo, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to be able to do it. My Remember, my list was strictly based off of being in New York. Right. Like, I enjoy the heat for the most part. When I'm not in New York, yes. In Barbados, yes. Out Living of, my best life. Outside of New York, great. I'm all about it. New York, I'm not dealing with summer. Give me winter. I'm good. Like, I'm like, come on, guys. And then, like, another podcast we listened to, um, one of the co-hosts said it always rains every Friday in New York in the summer. And I don't think they're lying. <laughs> like, at first I was like, it doesn't rain every summer. But I think there might be some truth to that because every time I try to go to this, like, outdoor smorgasbord thing by my job, 
the last two Fridays I've attempted to go, I've been out there in an umbrella or getting just rained on, period. I'm like, yo, like, and what's... It, and it's rained for, like, the last five Fridays. <sighs> I'm tired of it. I'm over it. And the summer has only... The summer hasn't even officially on paper begun no, yet. It, it's it's still May. It's still May. But, like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. It's... Oh, okay. <sighs> I'm going to move on. It's going to be fine. It's going to go by quickly. Fall, my fave is going to be here soon. So, yay. Um, Word. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. I can't live like this anymore. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to our love it or lose it segment. And so this one I kind of came up with on the fly because I usually have like a, a a selection ahead of time, but I left my selection at home. So here we are. Word. So what I came up with was um, some classic um, movie series. They can be, you know, trilogies or whatever, but, you know movie series um so what i came up with was what would you love or lose out of these four the matrix um series the blade series the Die Hard series or the underworld series this is a hard choice for me because i i enjoy them all to be completely honest with Die you. Hard, blade matrix matrix underworld underworld the whole series yes the whole series you have to throw away the whole the whole movie series. Never to be seen again. I know, right? Like, <laughs> as I wrote these down, I was like, I don't have a clear choice here, which is really... So I'm playing myself in this moment. But, um, you know, it's whatever. <sighs> choices, 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 choices. Hmm. Mark is over here with the thinking face on. <laughs> hey, he's oh. over there with the thinking <sighs> face on. Singer struggles. You make up a song for everything. Yeah. Um. Do 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 do. Blade. Do, do, do. <laughs> How many times you gonna ask me to repeat Matrix. it? Oh my god! He's like, I don't. Would you like to look at the piece of paper I've written down so no, I can help I'm, you? I'm going to figure this out. You are. I believe in you. You sound let, like let, let's let's talk it out. Let's I, talk it out. Let's okay. talk it out as we go. Okay. okay so, all right. All right. That's fine. Matrix. Mm-hmm. First, Matrix defined a certain kind of video. Right. Mm-hmm. The second one was good. The third one was meh. I right? I, I feel like that's the general consensus among right? viewers. That's, yes. That's how that's how we go with the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so that's Matrix. Mm-hmm. Blade. Blade. Mm-hmm. First one was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Was it Blade Two, Blade Three, Blade Trinity, where it was like I don't know what's happening. It was just a lot of weirdness happening. <laughs> yeah, I was like, was it just know, too much of, time between one of them, series? Was just, like, what was y'all was doing? Really weird. Like, it might have been, it might have been the third one because the third one tends to. Tends was to the be third tr- one had with the one with uh, Jessica Biel? And do you know who Jessica Biel is? Before I like go further. Yes. Because you don't know who a lot of white people are. I don't. So. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, like no racism, but Mark, no, Mark, I be bringing up a lot of like white actors and actresses. And Mark be like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't know who so, people are. <laughs> I had to clarify that you knew who Jessica Biel was before we went any further. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like, um, and then you said Die Hard. Die Hard. And the was, Underworld. Was, was there a bad Die Hard? I don't know. I don't feel like there are any I don't like. Yeah. So, okay. And then you have... Underworld. Underworld. With Kate Beckinsale. Do you know who that white woman is? Yes. Right. I just got to, got to be clear because you don't never be knowing. You don't never be knowing. I'd be like, I'd be saying names. You'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I might throw away Underworld because outside of the first one, I don't know if I like 
that other one as much. Okay. The first one was fantastic. It really was. The ones after that was meh. Like they were out here just. Trying, I would say like the, they were out here trying to create the stuff. The second and third ones were okay. Whatever that last one was, the, I just was one, sort whatever. of like what. They were out here just making stuff up. It's like, what are we doing, baby? What is what is this? That that story went everywhere. Like I was like, what is the storyline? Do y'all have new writers? Because I remember the first one was cool because it was like, oh shoot, it's the vampire slash werewolf. It's crazy. And after that, I was like. All right, we're just gonna keep running with this. We're just gonna. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like they you couldn't they, figure out anything else. That's... They had some storyline problems. I felt <laughs> there was like, there was like, nah, the the vampire werewolf. That was that was the max. We we maxed it out with the first movie. We... Right. Like I feel like <laughs> legit. Like they did me like how Game of Thrones went. Like they were going for the first couple of seasons based on the book, and then they didn't have no more books. So like the last two seasons, they was like, I guess we just going we just gonna come up with something. <laughs> we're gonna rock out with this. And it was like werewolf. I, maybe you should have waited for the book. Yeah, you ain't heard that from like, me. They, they just stayed on that werewolf vampire combination story for like a long time. They just they stayed with that. <laughs> that was like a consistent. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna lose Underworld. I guess I, that's that's the one I'll choose. Okay, only because the first one compared to the other ones, I I say the other ones had at least two mm-hmm. that was cool I can rock with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Underworld has two strong. Hmm. See, I don't know what my choice is for this. Like, even as you're talking, I'm still like, uh. Yeah. Because I, I like I like Matrix Two a lot. Okay. I like that one a lot. Um, Die Hard, I like all of them. Die Me Hard too. Was good. Um, and like I said, Blade. I, I can't. Also, can't can't throw it on the black one. Yeah, you can't. Oh. Like by by default, <laughs> because every month is Black History Month, and by default, you got to keep the black man. Like just can't throw it on the black one. That's it's yeah, that's unacceptable. It's, oh. it's racist. It's racist. Is what it is. It's, it's racist. Throw it on the black one. It's racist. It is in fact quite. Uno racista. That's it's fine. racist. So all right. So um. So yeah. Um, I think Underworld gonna get the boot for me. <sighs> Okay. How about you for losing? For losing. <sighs> this is a hard, it's hard for me to decide because I agree with you that Matrix was cool. Can we stick a pen? We have to stop like making it hard for ourselves. No, but that's <laughs> what makes it fun. It is, but I feel like we'd be making the, we'd be making the questions and then we'd be mad. And then we'd the be questions. stressed about the question that we made. I get it. I get it. I, I completely like... understand. That happened to me last week. I was stressed about my own question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I made the question get I'm stressed out. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, Francis was mad stressed out too. He was like, oh, man. he felt like he was like life or death having to choose one of his kids or something. I'm like, sir, yeah. you don't have to put people through all of this. It don't have to be all of that. It don't have to be all of that. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Uh, okay. <sighs> I feel like none of these is the right answer is my problem. There's there's no one there's no one right answer here. Um just choose one, Kristen. I'm going back and forth between Die Hard and Underworld. Okay. Why Die Hard? Cuz I feel like and this is I, because Die, Die Hard is the oldest of these, the oldest origin of these um has the oldest origin of these options. Okay. So like early late 80s early 90s movies a lot of them were kind of corny. Like if you go back and watch them now you're like wow. This is trash. Well, that's like, that's most of them. Matrix like, is kind of corny. It is. That's what I'm like. <laughs> if you go uh, back, so it's like probably you, you, can, you have to go back. No, but you, I'm you just have saying, to go back when you saw it. You can't. You can't go back in movies. 
I know, I know. But I'm just saying, it's like, the first... It's like going back with songs sometimes. Yeah, like the first... Oh, the first Die Hard came, <laughs> You know how many songs that I used to think were like a pop? And now I'm like, that's garbage. Like certain songs, of course, are timeless. Certain moves are timeless. Yeah. But not all, not all the Not like everything that. is certain like that, yeah. Certain about the timing of it. Yeah. So, like, the first Die Hard came out in 88. So, I was like two. So, I probably saw the first one when I was like 10. So, I probably thought it was like the littest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Word. But, I'm like... Would I feel? Do I feel the same way about it now? Because I feel like when I see them come on TV, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so corny!" Like it's almost cringy to me how corny it is sometimes. I'm sure like when it came out, it was like super lit, but like now I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of cringy." So I don't know how to feel about that. Um, then Underworld, I felt like the first two or three were cool, and then it just sort of got weird. Like, they ran out of source material, like I said before. So that's why I feel like I'm conflicted on the two of them. However, if I had to break it down to what I would watch again if given a choice, I don't know. You have to like, I, thought, I can't. It's hard. But Avery. I mean, I'm not Avery. My name is not Avery. No, so that's my daughter's name. Yes, it's my daughter's name, too. You see what I'm going through. Hey, I am not a child. I'm just having a hard time making a decision, which is normal for a 33-year-old adult, okay? I don't have it all figured out. I'm still trying to work my life out. This is a hard decision. Um, And I feel like like they're both, like, it depends on the mood. You are dragging this. I'm sorry. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Thirteen minutes. Oh my god! Okay. All right. The pressure. The pressure. The pressure. All right. I'm gonna just eeny meeny miny mo it because I can't decide. I need you to pull it together. Don't judge me. Okay. So I think Underworld is gonna is gonna take the um the eeny meeny miny mo. Listen, I had to do what I had to do. Um, but I do feel in my gut that Underworld is probably the one I would cut if I had to, simply because. Um, I feel like there was a point in time where I was really into like the whole vampire wolf thing. It was like around the time when I was really into that. What's that thing called? Twilight. So like I was into that whole vampire wolf, blah, 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 blah thing. So like, I just don't know if I find that as appealing now. I've literally never been interested in that that series in my life twilight it's hot garbage but I mean, i've I've never been interested. great entertainment have you ever read the books you I, shouldn't i don't want to <sighs> i i called myself trying to be a real fan and read them books avery could have wrote the book it is so basic <laughs> like my god like it is torturous and like as an english major who is used to reading very like in-depth and complex literature that right there is base model and i know it's like a young adult situation but it don't have to be that bad these kids can read y'all don't have to write like that yeah. so yeah and also i can't choose die hard because i heard had like what five movies yeah yeah and they're all like the last one of course they were just they were trying i was like why see and that that's why i put die hard on the list and i was kind of concerned about what to choose because i'm like y'all didn't need this last one you really could have kept it <laughs> I, I didn't need it. Bruce Willis didn't need it. Like, none of us did. I'm fine. He's fine. Like, I just didn't understand. Yeah. So that's why, that's why they kind of came on the list for me because I was like, I didn't like that very much. But, yeah, if I had to lose one, it's going to be Underworld because I don't know if I would willfully watch Underworld again if it came on TV. Okay. So based off of what we're saying, are we both loving Matrix? Speak for yourself. Are you at Blade? Yes. Okay. Power to the black man. <laughs> that's right. Why is Loving Blade? Why 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 that one? Because he's black. I don't 
I don't see what what else we need that's, to talk about here. That's fine. Scratch and sniff. That's fine. Hmm? Well, scratch and sniff. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> scratch and sniff. You don't have scratch, to talk to me like this. Scratch first and sniff of all. movies is what we're doing. Scratch and sniff movies. <laughs> you are so rude. <laughs> this smells like bl- smells like black. <laughs> well, first of I all, I choose that one. Well, I do. Here's the thing. <sighs> Keanu Reeves is a great actor. Something about him don't, and Matrix. Major- okay, great is a reach. Don't. Okay. He, he was great for that role. He was great for that role. Great. But I feel like there were moments, like, I feel like there are moments in the Matrix movies where I just be wanting to reach through the screen and put my hands on Keanu. Like, he annoys me. Like, something about his face annoys me sometimes. And so, if I had a choice between turning on my television and seeing a marathon of Matrix and seeing a marathon of Blade, I'm about to sit down and watch Blade, for sure. Okay. Every time. Matrix, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Nothing to see here. I don't know if I watch Matrix for Keanu Reeves. Well, he's in a lot of the shots. Yeah, but he's, I don't know if he's there. I don't know if I watch for that though. What, what do you watch for? Morpheus. That's fine. I watch for Trinity. I don't think I don't care the, enough about either of them. I don't. I don't think he's the best character in that, in that show at all. I never said that. I'm just saying he's the one that you see a lot of. Well, yeah, you see him a lot, but I don't think he's the best person character in that show. He's not the person I go for at all times. Yeah, like Trinity's cool, but like you know, it's whatever. And you know, um, like the other dudes, like there's a few other people that I rather, like Mr. Smith is awesome. Yes, Hugo Hugo Weaver is his yeah. real name, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did I say Mr. Smith? He's called. Yeah, yeah, I think like he he was cool. Yeah, 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 sure. So like, I I don't think I do it for Keanu Reeves at all. Actually, I Hugo think... Weaving is his name, not Weaver. Weaving. Yeah. So I I think that's that's kind of what it is. I'm just saying I like, yeah I don't know for some reason like I can't like I I wouldn't willfully sit down. I have to be in a special mood to sit down and watch um, Matrix the Matrix yeah. yeah okay Blade I'm like it's it can be whatever I'm a watch I'm sure there are probably some things that are super corny about it now but like I'll still watch because <laughs> he's black that's fine we'll 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 go with that all right don't be a hater that'd yeah, be great that's, that's cool that's so that would be our love it or lose it section. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. So um, we're going to go right into our topic. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. So you want to introduce the topic? Or? Yes. So um, our topic for today um, centers around parenting and what what that's like and how that impacts your life in general and like your relationship with your partner slash spouse slash whatever you're calling your person these days because people be having different names and things. But um, we were talking about it um, earlier today because, um, as you may or may not know, we have an 18, ooh, 19-month-old. 19, yes. 19-month-old. She just turned 19 months out, Avery. Three Uh, days ago. Three days ago. Yes, we have a 19-month-old. And, um, you know, I feel like as parents we've gotten into, like, a good groove um, you know, we kind of know what to expect, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to being parents and dealing with our child and, you know, what she's got going on or whatever. Word. But lately, she threw us a curveball in the form of a sleep regression. So for many months now, we've been able to put her to bed, do our bedtime routine, and whether she falls asleep or not while we're in the room. She's cool. She's cool. You could put her to bed and she'd be like, all right. I'm cool. I'm chilling. Like, she might be awake, but she'll just quietly play with her toys and be chilling. And we'll be like, work. We can go off. She'll say goodnight. She'll say bye. It was 
blow some kisses and be out. Right. Like we had a whole little vibe going. <laughs> it was cool. C- come last night. <laughs> she decided that wasn't the vibe she was on. <laughs> she come last night. Well, like we do that to her. Put her down. Everything's cool. Ten minutes later, she's like crying. We're like, what? What happened? What happened? What's going on? And she was like looking around. I'm like, what, what's going on? What happened? There's a problem. I'm like, maybe there's like a something happened. Maybe like a. Of something, a, something got on the bed and scared her. Or something like I don't, I don't know what happened. She's right. like crying. I'm like, what, what's the problem? So I pick her up and then she like puts her head on my shoulder and like lays down and like and like close her eyes. I'm like, number one, my daughter <laughs> sleeps in beds. Yeah, she's, she's not a sleeping arm skit. She's not the sleep. She's not the person you pick up to sleep in your arms. She's not. She's not that one. <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's too. She doesn't like all of that. Yeah, she's like, nah, give me my space. I'm good. And I'm like, cool. Works she to decides me. to like pick her up, and she's like, "I'm like, all right, you, you all right? What's, what's going on?" I put it down. She's crying a lot again. I'm like, "What, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> what is happening?" And then like, I'm like, maybe I'll just like lay down, and like she do that, and she's like crying the whole time and everything. I'm like, all right, like right. it was legit like an hour and a half saga. Mind you, she was going to bed late already because we were out the whole day. Yeah, and I think when we came home. I don't. What were we doing? I don't know why we were like lunching, but we didn't like go to putting her to bed immediately. So you know what? What it, what it was? We went to the grocery store yeah, after we yeah, came back yeah. home, and we didn't come back till like nine thirty or something like yeah, that. So, so we had to um and put the groceries away and stuff like and that. do all that jazz. So yeah. it was like literally she was going to bed a little bit later than she normally does, which I'm like okay, but usually she's tired, so she'll usually go right to sleep. But that's not what happened. Uh, literally took an hour and a half. And Mark literally had to get into bed with her. Yeah, she had to lay in the bed with me while I'm laying down, and then she went, and then she went to sleep. I'm like, like she went to sleep like in two minutes. I'm like, as soon as he got in the bed, I was just like, okay, because she was tired. You could tell she was tired, but she was like just having a moment. And you know, while they were taking while they were sleeping, I was in the living room like on the computer, like what's up with this? So apparently, like there are sleep regressions that kids have at certain ages, and I guess at this like eighteen, nineteen month mark is um, when they have a sleep regression where they're like afraid of their bed and afraid to go to sleep by themselves, even though they've been doing it for months and months. It's apparently a thing. Um, I'm going to talk to the pediatrician about it when we have our appointment this week, but I'm just like, yo. Like, it threw me for a loop. Like, literally because the night before, we put her down in her bed and she was fine. She was chilling. She was completely fine. So I'm like, to just like go like one day later and just be doing something completely different is nuts. But um, the reason we brought this up is because um, in last week's podcast, um, Dalton was talking about how they were talking about like, you know, pressure and feeling like you have to be the man of the house and all this stuff. And Dalton was talking about how um, having a child really changed the dynamic of his um, family um, situation and changed the dynamic of how he even operated um, as a person himself. And so it made me start thinking about how having a child has um, changed our lives and how all the different things that happen with having a child, all the different stages that they go through impact our lives. So um, as you know, or I think we've talked about here before, Mark and I have been married this October will be five years. Yeah. Yeah, five years. Five years, yep. Um, and we've been together for January will be 10. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we know each other pretty well, I think. And, um, you know, we got married. We decided we didn't want to have a child immediately. We wanted to just, you know, be young, wild, and free. Well, yeah, I guess we were young, wild, i.e. childless, free, 
i.e. childless. Because okay. um, <laughs> the face he just made when I said young, wild, and free, he was like, sis, we were, yeah, we're, we're that young. We, we were knocking on 30, but the point is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were 28 and 29. That is young to okay. get married. There are people that still get married later than that. Okay. It's, I get what you're trying to say. Mark likes to just really own being in our 30s, and I'm just sort of like... You have, my, you have dismissed being 30 for a long time. No, I was out here legit <laughs> saying I was 28 for mad long. Mark, Mark looked at me one day like, you are not 28. <laughs> you're 31. I was like... like I, I kept saying like, she kept saying like, well, I'm not in my 30s yet. I'm like, you, you're definitely in your 30s. <laughs> you are definitely in your 30s. I don't feel like I'm in my 30s, so whatever. Let me just, let me just be me, okay? okay? That's fine. Gosh, all these rules. But anyway, um, so <laughs> we were married for what, two, three years before I got pregnant and mm-hmm. we have... A beautiful, 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 amazing child. But, you know, in thinking about this recent happening with our child, we've having a child has really changed us a lot. It's really changed our relationship a lot. And I can see how those changes, if you're not really quite prepared or mature enough to handle them the right way, like how it can lead to problems in a relationship and eventually the demise of a relationship um for example like when you when you're pregnant you know for some people they're super pleasant super great they don't have no problems but then there are other people who are sick all the time or because of the hormonal changes they're just not pleasant so that can create challenges in a relationship where you feel like your partner's literally changing before your eyes they're Mm -hmm. not who you thought they were whatever that means and you know that can create <laughs> whatever that means. What like what does that mean? What do you what? Huh? Because like I, I I understand the sentiment, but you have to understand that you have two people and you're going to change. Yeah. The goal is how you change. Yeah. <laughs> and how you how work, you change effectively. How you, yeah. How you yeah. change effectively and how you deal with the change that each person has. Yeah. Because each person is still growing. Exactly. So they're not going to be the same person you had you um you met. Yeah. <laughs> not with the same person like. You're not going to be the same person. It's right. Just, it's just not going to be that way. Right. Because we're all growing. We're all going through different things. Things are going to be different. So, so as you grow, things might change. Right. How you change and how that affects your relationship needs to be discussed. Right. Right. Because just married me and Mark was totally different from trying to get pregnant slash pregnant me and Mark. Yeah. Like we just had to operate differently like it was like okay i can't be you know i have to like you know getting pregnant is not as easy as people make it seem um and so it's like you gotta you know make sure you're getting enough rest which is not a thing that we do as young people we no, be like out here in the streets like riding around getting it and it's like you should get some sleep as well yeah go to bed um so you know just making sure that you get enough rest that you're eating right that your body's in good shape like it's just like a lot of things that you that we weren't thinking about when we first got married i know that we were like turn up turn up go out turn up live our best life go out turn up yeah. live our best life turn up so <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a little bop there um but you know being being pregnant was like challenging in and of itself because it was like there was so much I could not do. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to accept that I could not do those things. And then, you know, Mark being Mark, there were a lot of things he was like, nah, you're not going to do that. Like, I would be trying to, like, lift things up or carry things or just do stuff. And he would just be like, sis, I don't think this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can be a very, like, 
disempowering feeling sometimes where you feel like I like a couple of months ago I used to be able to do this. I can't do this now. What's going on? So that can affect how you feel as a person, as a pregnant person. It can also affect the partner because now they're taking on more. Because there was a point where I couldn't carry groceries anymore. Like it was just you, you couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. Like and it was I, just. I just wanted you to go sit down somewhere. Right, and I was trying to do things, and like. <laughs> I was getting annoyed with Mark because Mark kept trying to make me like go sit down. I was just like, but I can do it. And he was like, please have a seat. But it's because I felt bad. Like, oh, my gosh, he's taking on more stuff and da, 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 da. Go take a seat somewhere. He just wanted me to take a seat, which was fine. But, you know. It's like you're trying to work. I was like, if you want to take a seat somewhere. Right. Like, I was trying to go and work up until, like, I think a week before I was due. And Mark was like, let's not do that because that's stupid. And I was like, hey, you don't know me. You don't know my life. But he was correct. He was correct. Because I went out of work um, at the 36-week mark, which was truly the best thing ever. I could not imagine, as big as I was, going to work another day. I could like It was getting to the point where I could barely like walk up a flight of stairs without just feeling incredibly winded, like I had just run, like Usain Bolt. It was crazy. Didn't yeah. have time. Um, but, you know, after having our child, it was like a shift in in how we had to operate it, it having a child is having an immediate shift that's i think that's what's yeah it, there's it, no not, gradual it's, 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 there's, there's no, no lead shift. up it's like it's like you the, didn't you, have a child. you pregnant you yeah and now you have a child. now you have a child. like there's <laughs> that no is, that is yeah. like it literally changes the minute that child pops out no child child yes like <laughs> it's all great when there's a child growing inside of you and what and all that jazz but neither of you can see this child in real life yeah. neither of you is like tending to that child's immediate needs in real life like in a in a way that you can tangibly see. Like I'm tending when I'm pregnant by eating and you know yeah, all that jazz, it's but it's not the same thing. I, I remember someone was asking me like, "How do you get ready for a child?" I was like, "I you don't, don't, you don't, you, you, don't. you, you have just... a child and you fit, you're like, oh, this is how this works." Yeah, but there's nothing I can tell to you, say to you to prepare for a child other than when you have the child, you figure it out. That's that is the yeah. end. Yeah, don't don't ask me for advice because that's all I got, girl. <laughs> because it's like it's, it. it's 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 nothing. It's it's like nothing you experienced before. It's not like having a pet. It's no. not. It's nothing like you experienced before. It's nothing like that. Yeah, there's 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 no blueprint for how this thing goes. You just go. You're like, okay, I guess I'll figure it out. The the and, best I can offer you in terms of advice is make sure you have your bags packed in advance because when we went to the hospital, Mark's Mark's stuff was definitely not packed. So Mark was at the hospital for like half a day, and it was like, you don't have any clothes. You should go home. Get some clothes. But beyond that, I don't have nothing to offer you in terms of advice about preparing for a job. What how how everybody feels, I realize, and it's not only us, was like when you when they tell you to go home, in your mind you're like, you don't wanna you don't wanna make sure that we good first. You don't Right, like you don't want me to take any type of tests, any type of you just you just gonna let me leave with a small human. You just gonna trust us? You're just gonna you sis, I've been on drugs the whole time I've been here. Um, I don't really know. I don't really feel like this is safe. I feel like you should do some <laughs> some preliminary checks before you just let me drive off of this property with a human. Like, I just don't feel... I appreciate your confidence in me, but I don't feel like this is okay. Yeah. Um. But, like, it, it... Literally, your life changes in the blink of an eye. And, you know, I say kudos to the single mothers because, my God, I don't know how people go home with a baby by themselves. No idea. How, Sway? How? No idea. Like... Because, like... <laughs> The first like two three weeks, I I was home for like two three weeks, mm-hmm. and like I was out here stressed. Like and it was it was both of us. Yeah, and like stressed, stressed. <laughs> like literally, stressed. like the level of teamwork 
that you have and communication that you have to have established in order for it to work effectively. Like I can't even explain it because like, imagine like, trying to argue in that time. It argue. We have no time. Like no time to argue. I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm sleeping two hours a night. Like argue. There's no time for that. But like I can totally see how an argument ensues where like. First of all, let me just be clear about something. I love my child with all my heart, and I would do it over again to have her in a heartbeat. But those first couple of months are absolute torture. Yeah. It, and if you enjoy sleeping, when people would be like, enjoy your sleep now, I'd be like, yeah, shut up. I'm going to sleep. They knew what they was talking about. You don't know sleep deprived until you come home from the hospital with a three-day-old child that you don't know, that you're petrified of almost. Yeah. Because they're so small. You're still trying to figure out what the cries mean. Yeah. You're trying to figure out if they're hungry. If they like, it's just oh god, it is it is a, like a a lot of mental stress. Yeah, what? very very early on, and you're just like, what is going on? What am I doing? Am yeah. I like I I am not a crier. Mark will tell you that I am not a crier. Like when I was pregnant, I did get a little emotional at like some movies or whatever, but generally, I am not a crier. I think I cried like the first two nights we were home with her. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is so hard. I'm so stressed. And part of it was, yeah, this is hard. I'm stressed. The other part of it was I hadn't slept in like a week. Yeah. Because when you're in the hospital, like they're checking you every 30 minutes almost. It's just like as soon as you fall asleep, here comes a nurse. It's just like, sis, sis, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't do this with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're not really sleeping at the hospital. You're not really sleeping at the hospital. And like one one thing that someone has told me, and like it makes sense, especially even now, is like you never really stop being tired. You just figure out how to work through the tired. Yeah. Because in the beginning, you're just like, I'm so tired. What? What? And you try to like calculate <laughs> when am I going to get sleep? And you're like, never. It's never like that. It's never. <laughs> it's never ever going to happen. So. So you get sleep, but you never really get sleep, sleep, and you never really stop being tired. You just figure out how to operate in the tired. Yeah. Because it's not that you, like, you can go to sleep, like, close your eyes for a little bit, but it's just in the back of your mind, you're still anxious about your child. Yeah, yeah. I think that anxiety is still there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't had, like, just a deep, unconcerned moment of sleep since she was born. It just hasn't happened for me. Yeah. Um, like that that can happen like when you go away for a second and like yeah. even, even, like I remember even when we um when you went to or I go on retreat or go for like a business trip, like even those first two nights if it's like if you're going for like three nights the first two nights I'm still like wake up in the middle of the night like oh she's she's not here she's not here. <laughs> so like I can like, relax she's she's <laughs> taken care of somewhere <laughs> so like the last night I'm like okay I'm, I can sleep now and then I'm back back home again so. yeah yeah <laughs> right like. The first couple of weeks was, like, super hard because it's, like, you have a child waking up, like, every two hours. And it's, like, people tell you sleep when the baby sleeps, but it's, like, I have, like, a pile of laundry. Like, I have no clean clothes. Who's going to wash those clothes? I have to eat. Who's going to cook? It's, like, so many, like, yeah. like your life is, your all the things that were happening in your life before, it's still happening. they're still happening while you're trying to manage everything else the life of a new human being who needs you for everything and the pressure of that can be like debilitating like thankfully i did not experience postpartum depression but like i completely get how it happens and and and, and how how people can find themselves there because it is a very overwhelming um feeling 
like I commend the people who want to breastfeed the whole time, which is Fam. it's fine. Cool for freaking but dopes. The, but the problem with that is I can't do it. Right. Then I, I, I just I just have useless nipples. That's, that's what I, have. <laughs> I have useless nipples. That's useless. All I have. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> there's nothing I can do. At least if you pump, I can like if if um you have someone who pumps, then the guy can like wake up in the middle of the night and help and like uh, feed the baby at the mm. middle of the night. If it's only breastfeeding, the guy's not doing anything. Right, like you're just and you're, and you're just mad. Big mad. Big mad. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I didn't I didn't exclusively breastfeed because that just was not, that just did not seem like a feasible situation. <laughs> I was like, this is, and you know, like, the, the nurses and all these people try to, like, make you feel like that's the way to go. And I just was like, this is too much. Like, I can't do, I can't be worried about making sure that I'm keeping my small human alive. And exclusively breastfeed sis. I can't we, do all that. We we did all three and it worked out fine. Yeah, we, we bu- did both. We did both formula, pumping, and breastfeeding. Did yeah. all three. Make sure she's always full. Right. <laughs> make sure she always Because my whole thing and, was and, I want to make sure it, my child is fed, period. And she's fe- healthy. She's fine. Yeah, Everything she's meeting went. all her growth benchmarks. Yeah. She's doing great. Everything's fine. We did all three and it's fine. And I, I think that um we we did all three because make sure that um she's always getting enough. And also, so like like I said, I can feed when she like, like yeah because if not, she has to always be available every yeah. two three hours to make yeah. sure that she's being fed. Yeah, which is not great um, for a person's um, health situation. To and obviously, like producing breast milk requires that I'm resting and you yeah. know eating regularly and doing all that jazz, and I can't really do that if I'm not resting, which is yeah. challenging. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about breastfeeding, but like. Your boobs do weird things. You got to pump and you got to get the milk out. It's crazy. It's a lot. So it's like just like dealing with all of that. And like I honestly looking back, I'm like, I don't know when Mark and I even found time to have conversations that weren't about our child. Like I'm like, what were we talking about? Like <laughs> what was our connection as a couple? I don't even know because yeah, we weren't but, thinking about it. Like it's it's weird because like after you have a child, like give yourself like a month or two. You can't really remember the time before that. And, like, you remember you were together, but you were like, what was life like? Like, what were we doing? Like, <laughs> what, what was happening before before Avery? What, 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 what was, like, daily life? Like, I don't know. Did I just have mad time that I wasn't doing anything? Obviously. With? Obviously. <laughs> so much wasted time. I just had mad time. <laughs> that I was wasting. That I was absolutely wasting. But, like, honestly, I think what helped us, though, is the fact that we had a good like ability to communicate needs to one another and so we were able to work out a system where you know I'm more of the late night person so I would sleep I would try to take most of my naps or whatever during the day while Mark would be up during the day more so because I know when he when when it gets dark outside it's lights out for my husband he's 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 out so I know middle of the night I'm on duty to do the feeding and the da 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 da. And it was just like, there were some nights I would just be looking over at Mark sleeping peacefully, and I'm just like, look at him, just sleeping his life away. He doesn't even know what I'm going through. He doesn't even know. Because in addition to, like, trying to get, like, get a kid to breastfeed, which, let me tell you, is not as easy as it looks, latching is challenging, and some kids don't, like, latch immediately, and it hurts, truth be told. Um... <laughs> Didn't realize how much it would hurt. Movies and TV definitely make breastfe- breastfeeding seem like a totally like painless experience. It's a whole lot. It'd be hurting. For for the first couple of weeks, I would say. After a while, you kind of get used to the feeling. But initially, it's not great. Um, 
But having to work through, like, who's going to take over what duties um, to make sure that you both stay sane is really, really important. And I think it worked out, again, because we had a good communication about ourselves. But I will say that in the midst of doing all of that and figuring that out, I don't think there was time for us to nurture us as a couple. And I think that's one of the things that you have to sort of remember to to work on. I mean, obviously, the first couple of months, you're trying to keep a small child alive. You're worrying about SIDS and all types of random stuff. So, like, you can't be thinking about no romance, no none of that. Like, I get why that's not on your agenda. But I can see how it's very easy to fall into a pattern where your focus is solely on the child and on raising the child and doing that. And you guys don't do anything for yourselves. And I think when Avery was about like four or five months old, I was like, Mark and I haven't gone on a date. Mm-hmm. We haven't done anything that was like just us as a couple in forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so I was like, how about we just take like an impromptu like trip, like just go somewhere for a weekend. And even with that, I was scared to like, like your parents are responsible. Like, I mean, they raised you and your sister. Like, I think they can keep a human alive. But um, <laughs> I, I feel like they've got, you know, 40 years of experience. They got it under control. But um, like I still felt a little nervous about doing it because like that was my first time like leaving her anywhere with anybody that wasn't you. So I was like, I feel like we're drifting apart a little bit as a couple because like our focus had been so much about our child. And then when I went back to work, it was like trying to balance work and being a parent and you know Mark was back at work and it was just like we were kind of going through the motions and the routine of life but like I realized that we weren't really as connected as we once were and I think it was because we were you know focusing on this new role in our lives and you know when you have a small child it is hard to first of all you're nervous to leave your child anywhere with anybody to babysit so yeah, yeah. that that like precludes you from going out a lot because like, you just be like nah I don't people like this I can watch your child I'm like oh okay but you know how many people said that to me and I was like cool story bro you're never watching my kid like I don't know <laughs> What? <laughs> and it, it sounds horrible because I'm sure they're perfectly nice people who would do a great job. But like in the moment, my three month old wasn't going anywhere with anybody. Yeah. Like that just wasn't on the agenda of things that was going to happen. It's not happening. Not happening. So I felt like for like the first five or six months, like we really didn't do anything with one another. Like any if we went to dinner, it was like us with baby. Or if we went to a movie or something, it was us with ba- like anything we did. Which she was always... Which is, which is not that fun to take her to the movie there. It's not... Yeah, that is not a she, thrill. She does the most. Right. Like, now that she can walk, <laughs> child, she didn't, she, she'll tell you a whole movie theater up. You can fool around with her. She was out here running around. What movie was it that I, I don't know what was happening? Aquaman? Yeah. yeah. I, I saw a lot of it, but she yeah. was out here running back and forth. I was like... <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a thrill, for sure. I'm sure people were excited with us being in the theater with I them. mean, thankfully, she's quiet. <laughs> My child is a quiet child. She doesn't make a lot of noise. She'll tear your movie theater up, but she won't make noise doing it. She's <laughs> really quiet. You'll just have, like, a bunch of, like, you know, popcorn and whatever other food we manage to procure on the floor if she gets her hands on it. But, like, you won't hear her. So, I mean, trade-offs. But, you know, <laughs> I realized, like I said, at some point that we we hadn't really connected as a couple, and I think I felt it. Because um, our interactions were very, like, not, they were very robotic almost. Yeah. Like, we weren't just 
you know, really us like we used to be. And I think I had trouble accepting that we were never going to be us like we used to be because us like we used to be didn't have no kid. So <laughs> <laughs> like we used to be us is over. It was a great time, but that's canceled. Like we just got to we, we just have to find a new way yeah, to, to form, maneuver with the formerly a new us, a new us. Yes, well, that sounds crazy, but you know what I meant? Yeah, like, like a, formerly a um a new way to operate in the space we are in now. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, I never really appreciated how quickly we could pick up and just, like, go to a movie or, like, go to a festival or, like, just do something. Have you ever tried, for those parents out there, y'all know what I'm talking about, have you ever tried to go to the grocery store with a child? Have you? Have you? <laughs> you already you already know like it's not just like a oh let's hop in the car it's like a 30 to 45 minute adventure to just get out of the house you got to make sure the kid is dressed appropriately for the weather you got to make sure you got enough diapers and bottles and wipes and all of this and stroller and car seat cover and all these things you got to leave with before all these things you got to get together before you even get in your car to go anywhere so it's a production to go anywhere with a small child so you know just getting used to, like, just going places is just, like, a hassle sometimes. And not to say I don't love my kid and don't want to go places with her, because she's great, like I said, great kid. But it's just, like, I remember the days when we could just, like, be like, oh, let's just go here and go. Now it's more of a, hey, I want to go here. Who can watch Avery? Is this a thing? Like, I, I, I remember being able to just commit to something and be like, yes, we can come. Now it's like, okay, tentative. Let me see if we got childcare set up. So it's just like that moving differently as a couple um, that you have to sort of navigate. And like I was saying before, because I realized that we weren't really doing much together as a couple, I was like, let's go um, have a little staycation for a weekend somewhere local and, you know, just spend time with one another, just doing whatever we want. And we did that. And it was like super fun to just like, be fake childless for three days yeah like we were like oh let's go to this place and we like walked around we went to like harlem week and we were all over the place we were out here well we did a lot of we're just sleeping I no for real like we're just just, just sleeping we just knocked out somewhere yeah 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 we, we, like, oh, we're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we had a lot of plans to do things that ended up being just like sleeping like it was good to like spend time together and like do stuff but it was also like sleeping, sleeping. sleeping. and like there's a different type of sleeping when you know that you're not sleeping and, and listening child, and for a child yeah and your child is fine like you know we still called and checked in to make sure that everything was okay or whatever but you know it was such a it was such a needed weekend i think for us individually and as a couple that weekend was so needed for us to just sort of like reconnect because it's like like i said like when you have a child like your world changes and everything is about that child like your primary focus now is that child and it can be hard to adjust to that when you're used to the primary focus being the two of you yeah and i can see how people would become resentful and be like oh all you thinking about is the baby you're not thinking nothing about me blah 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 blah. and it's like yeah i feel you but this small human can't do anything you can do several things by yourself so you know it 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 your priorities change but it's and it's it's hard to find the time and you know the resources to like really focus on your relationship. But I think it made a difference um, with us. And I mean, you know, we still don't do date nights and stuff like that. Like we used to, but I feel like we, We, 
We should, because I know Reverend Davis will be mad at us for saying that. I know, like I know, it's really, <laughs> uh, it's really trash. We 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 got we got to do that. Um, the past the person who did our marriage counseling always said make sure you do date night all the time, consistent consistently. And he got twins, so I guess we can figure it out. We 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 do have to figure that out. We yeah. have to um make sure we do that all the time as much as we can because it's important. It is. It to, is just to sit back and focus, especially with like all the stuff we're doing now. Yeah. Because we are like, booked yeah. in DSC. So all the stuff we're doing, like even doing this podcast, like this is us doing working doing right. that, but this is not us hanging out. It's it's not, but like at the same time, it's one of the few times we are just by ourselves, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And so it is it's not a date night, but it's like sort of like a, a, a moment to just do something together because that's something that just is harder to accomplish yeah. than it was before. And, you know, people will try to make you feel like it's totally normal to just sort of sacrifice your relationship for, you know, the 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 duty of being a parent. But I, I, I disagree. I feel like you can be a great parent and still do a good job at being good partners. Yeah, like, for, first, let's, let's go faith-based. You're supposed to be your partner first. Oh, let's raise that. God first, your partner first, <laughs> and your child than everybody else and people be arguing about that but but like that, that kid, kids model their life based on what they see yeah. and if they see that your their parents relationship was non-existent that affects their ability to um operate through life and how they approach relationships yeah. so yeah you should even though you're a parent you can have 20 kids like them dugger people but you still need to they need to stop by the way but you still need to <laughs> Your relationship Focus on your own relationship. Relationship matters first. Because your whole family stems from that relationship. So yeah. you still need to spend time nurturing that. Yeah. That's important. And even like I see the other memes on Facebook. Your relationship goes before your kids. Goes before your parents. I don't know why y'all put that in there. <laughs> it's your relationship first. Yeah. That, that's number one. Because every, everything branches from, from there. So... I think that, um, you know, even in the midst of all that we've got going on now, because like, you know, we've there's never been a moment where I can say like we've had like a handle on this parenting thing. Like, I feel like we're literally just figuring it out as we go. And, you know, every day is, you know, different things, new challenges. And, you know, dealing with that together and figuring it all out is um, really important because if we're going to do this successfully, we both need to be equally invested and concerned about what's going on. But we also have to, despite whatever is going on with us in terms of parenting, we still have to make the effort to connect as a couple because, you know, Avery's going to grow up, God willing, and go off to college and do her own thing and live her best life. And then I don't want to be sitting in the house looking at you like, hey, stranger, that's... <laughs> That's yeah, weird. I, feel like, I feel like that happens a lot too. For real, way more often than you think. Yeah. Um. And so I don't want I don't want that to be us. So I I would rather you know try to find the time wherever I can at this point to make sure that we're connecting with one another and building our own relationship um up further and further. Yeah. Because you know we we are gonna need to 
do a constant assessment of where we are and what's going on. Like it's it's not a fixed thing. Nope. Like <laughs> anytime one of us feels like, hey, this doesn't quite feel right. Like we need to be able to speak up and be like, hey, it's Con- looking a little wild. Constantly reassess. Yeah, that's important because it's so easy to get distracted by life and being a parent is literally one of the most all-consuming things like you never stop being a parent like it it don't matter where you go what you do where you are that is always your role yeah and so it's it can be very all-consuming and very easily to get very easy to get caught up in that and forget about your other role as partner and so you know i think that that's something that people need to emphasize and encourage people to spend more time focusing on. Like, don't get me wrong. It is hard because, like I said, you have to change so much about yourself um, and you don't really have time to change it. Because like you said before, you're a parent, you're not a parent, and then you're a parent. Like, there's no, you don't have like a five minute in between to think about anything. Like, once that child comes into the world, that's it. You're a parent. You're a parent. You got to shift some stuff. And... <laughs> You know, it's 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 it can be jarring. It can be it can be traumatic, honestly, for someone who's like not used to like just having to like change on the fly. And it can be a struggle when you're trying to move how you used to move. You can't move that way no more Mm -hmm. because, you know, life. So I think that you have to be honest about that stuff with yourself and you know if you're blessed enough to have a partner with your partner and try to figure out ways to work through that so that you don't feel like you got lost in what was going on and that your and so that your relationship does not get lost in the midst of what's going on because it's a lot to balance it's hard it's it's and i'm not saying this because we got it figured out because we don't um it's a work in progress every day we're trying to figure something out but you know um I just, you know, have to remember that, you know, I got to take every day at a time and, you know, I can only work on what I can work on for today. And, you know, hopefully if I have a tomorrow, I can work on some other things and figure some other things out. Word. Word. Anything else you want to add to? Um, Just um, on that note, I spoke about it last week. Just always go, if you can, go to marriage counseling for anything you're going through. Just, just, just for really check up. I think... um. It's important to check in, um, especially after you had a child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Just to make sure what's going on and routinely just do that. Just to make sure everybody's on the same page because everybody takes it in differently. Right. Um, I also spoke about last week in terms of not only um, your your marriage to health, your relationship health. Mm-hmm. You want to focus on that, but also your personal health. Mm-hmm. You want to focus on that also. Um, make sure that that is together. Um uh, if you're um, if you're interested, once again, we have a event coming up this Thursday. It's a free event, um, a discussion on mental health. Um, it talks also about the stigma and um, that happens in Black communities. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at the African American Museum in Hempstead, New York, uh, at six thirty. It's be light refreshments, um, and the program starts at seven. Um, once again, that's on Thursday, May thirtieth. So if you need more information about mental health, just to focus on that, please attend. Um, and just like like I said, I I think it's important to just try to get counseling on all fronts, not only on the front of your relationship, but also with yourself, and just to keep that strong, so you're able to deal with whatever pressures that come to you. 
Absolutely. Like, you know, it's not impossible. Um, it It's doable. You just have to kind of, you know, be open to the fact that you don't know how to address this. Because, like, if, like, for us, we're first-time parents. So, like, we don't know anything. We're nope. literally figuring this out as we go. Like, yeah. people tell you things like kids are expensive. They are and they aren't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> clothes I have never really had to buy for my child because people have been just giving them to me. Um, thankfully that is such a blessing, but it's like, you spend money on a whole lot of other things. Daycare, which I could have a whole nother podcast about. <laughs> child. D- daycare break them pockets. Okay. Daycare. have you reassessing whether you need to get into the daycare business. Cause there is money to be made out here in these daycare streets. With that in mind, huh. please let people know about this podcast so it can grow. Right. So, so we this, can, so we can pay, pay for some things. is expensive. It is. We're, we're asking you. <laughs> we are begging. Be- begging. Begging let, and pleading. Let, let your friends know. Begging and pleading. Hope you wishing. <laughs> Shout out to Brandy. Um, <laughs> that's right. Nah, that song is lit. She be singing. Um, but yeah, like finance, financial stuff will have you stressed all the way out. Because it's all fun and games when y'all are at home. But when you got to send that baby somewhere to the daycare, be like, who all gonna pay? Who all got the money? So that's 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 one thing that can become a challenge and a struggle. Trying to, first of all, find a daycare that you like. Find ones that you feel comfortable leaving your child at. And then paying those people. And some of these daycares, you be paying whether your kid there or not. Yeah. Which is, ooh, child. That's another, that's a whole yeah. other story. But it's like stuff like that you really don't anticipate or have or feel like you have to think about. But like that financial piece can be a challenge because... Now it's like, do we have money for this? Do do we have to take on some other additional responsibility yeah. to pay for this? Like that can create a challenge in your situation if one of you has to like take on a second job or do some other kind of work to make up the income to pay for daycare if you don't already have that from your nine to five. Because then that means that you're not spending as much time with your family or with your partner as you would be would are you not if you weren't doing this. So that's that's an area where you can you can see some challenge. Yeah, like what I've um what I've always said that once you've seen how much daycare is, in your mind you're like, I guess I can do private school. Fam. When I when I did the calculations when I was looking for daycare calculations? Yes, calculations. <laughs> when I did those on my nifty device and I saw how much um Daycare would actually cost for a year. I was like, oh, Long Island Lutheran ain't no problem. Luhai ain't no problem. Avery can go to Luhai. Because, like, <laughs> I remember we were talking about, like, when I was pregnant, we were talking about um, school and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I don't know. Private school is kind of expensive. But then when I crunched the numbers, I said private school is doable. It's, <laughs> it's, it's totally doable. It's the same price. It's, a, it's the same price, my G. The same, the same price. price. The same price. I'm like, oh, private school is private school is a doable situation. I don't want to, but you know, if I have to, if push comes to shove, um, I'm paying the same amount. I'm yeah, it's about the same. Yeah, I'll I'll be fine. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be just we'll, fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. We sure will. But like you know, like we talked about before, money is like a big issue that affects people's relationships, and so having a child and the and the money thing will definitely create some challenges. Because you know, if you have a child that's like has a sensitive stomach, you gonna have a full container of formula that you buy to try, and your child throws it all up. It's like, well, that's that on that. Got to go a, buy another one. Yeah, that, that was a waste of money. That was a waste of money, <laughs> and it's like, no, like I can't do this right now. This is stressful. So now y'all arguing because it's like y'all got to go spend like another how many ever dollars then you know thankfully avery is not like a super sensitive child like we didn't have to get special stuff for her but it's just like oh like buying diapers and wipes and 
Ooh. baby. Like it just you just it's just money. And you know, if you already have challenges about money, having a child is definitely gonna exacerbate those issues to the tenth degree. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then you, the, you figure it out, but still you like, figure it out, but you just be like, Oh God, oh God, I wasn't prepared. And then like just, you know, like your stuff around the house. I don't know who be wearing all these clothes. <laughs> who who? Who be wearing all these clothes? But I feel like when I do laundry, I'm always looking around like what <sighs> Where's Avery going? Why she got so many clothes? Why why I'm washing so much? Like I don't understand. Yeah, because we yeah, because the, the the problem is is that people buy her outfits all the time, mm-hmm. or like people are like going to give her outfits. So and we appreciate like, that because the outfits are cute. Yes, please keep doing that. Yes, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you so much. She wears twenty four months in two T. In case you're interested, <laughs> but like because of that. There's so many outfits. Like we want to make sure they put them on before she grows out of them. Yeah, because that's the other. That's the other money thing. Kids be growing out of clothes hella fast. Yeah, hella fast. It's slower now. Yeah, it's slower. It's slowed down because, now because like, they they expand like the range. Mm-hmm. Because before, like before, it was like zero to three, mm-hmm. three to six, six to six nine, to nine, nine, nine to, to 12. twelve, and now it's twelve to eighteen, mm-hmm. eighteen to twenty four. Yeah, and after that, it's two t, three t. So it, it expands. Before I had a child, none of these numbers made any sense to me. They didn't yeah. mean anything. Now they do. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like it, it expands. It so it's you usually have clothes for longer. Mm-hmm. But right now we have the clothes for we had. Some of these outfits a lot longer than yeah, we yeah. had the other ones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's just a lot of adjusting. It's it's a lot, and it's like you gotta be you gotta just let go and be willing to just roll with the punches and go with the flow. Otherwise, you're gonna find yourself in like constant conflict with your significant other because you know because you 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 might even have different parenting styles. You might think I need to hold her until she falls asleep, and the other person might be like, Nah, put her down. And that can create conflict in and of itself. Yeah, if if you're both going back and forth, like yeah, I, I think it should always be a conversation about like how you're going to operate and how you're going to move. And that doesn't mean that one person's right or wrong. Sometimes just people have different styles, right? Because people were raised work. differently, yeah. so they have different ideas about how things should be done. Whatever you do, make sure you agree with it and don't let anybody else come in and change it. Mm-hmm. That is important. Mm-hmm. That that includes family. That includes friends. Just whatever you all do, just agree with that. People, you gotta treat it like planning a wedding, child. Everybody has, has advice mm-hmm. on how to, how to raise a child. Everybody, because everybody has had children for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's people who've had children for a long time, so everybody has advice about how they think they should raise a child, mm-hmm. and that might not be how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my friend's mom said to me the other day, because uh, she just had uh, a grandkid, and she was like, "I don't understand. Y'all hold those babies all the time." I'm like, "Aren't you supposed to?" She was like, my generation wasn't taught that you had to do that. They, they said you shouldn't hold the babies that much. You'll spoil them. I was like, huh? I don't know how you really, how you, small six, how you spoil six months. I don't know how that. Yeah, like they're chill, they, they literally just came from inside of a human and now they're outside. It's a very traumatic situation. Maybe someone just needs to hold them and console them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, But it's just different. Yeah. Like uh, older generations, just they don't understand our young people just out here just holding kids all the time and like doing all this baby wearing and all this stuff. They're like, get that baby out of here. When I get that baby out of here, they just, they just don't understand like why how we parent and we parent differently. Also, based off of like, there's different rules. Like there's certain things that y'all were doing back then that might be killing people. So <laughs> actual like, factual, like babies were probably dying for what you was doing. <laughs> actual factual. Because if you notice, like there's things always change every every year. Like my sister talks about how like cribs change, like the space between the bars. Mm-hmm. 
gradually got smaller mm-hmm. as um as the years went on because mm-hmm. they realized that kids are getting their head stuck in the in the bars. And after watching a child play, I can see how a kid would get their head. Yeah, because they because they do the most. They the, do the, the most. absolute most. <laughs> they do the most. <laughs> the absolute most. They always run around jumping like, all right, just simmer down. Like, don't you want to relax? Don't you? <laughs> okay, that's fine. You don't want to relax. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. But yeah, like, I, I, that that's usually what happens. Yeah. Just... Yeah. So I, you know, I say all that to say. We say all that to say. You know, just. Keep the lines of communication open. I know we say that repeatedly here at this podcast, but like keep and the we lines. Of, keep saying it. Facts, 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 facts. But yeah, just keep <laughs> the lines of communication open and be realistic in your expectations of what you think is going to happen and how it's going to go. Because uh, yeah, if you if you're a little unrealistic, your feelings going to be hurt. Um, sure. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed uh, this topic uh, that we discussed today. Um, you know, for some people you might relate to it. For some people you might not. That's cool too. Hopefully you learn something from it and you know you take away some important information that you can share with a friend. Word. Word to Big Bird. So we're going to go right into our artist spotlight. And the um, spotlight we have today is Lecrae. Lecrae in the house. So I, I said Lecrae in the house. I okay. spoke about him briefly last week. Um, Lecrae, I guess he started off as a Christian hip-hop artist. Um, his story is, apparently, like um, he used to be wilding <laughs> back when he used to be selling drugs, doing everything like that. Turned his life around. Um, he actually started a uh, record label, uh, which is called, I'm sorry, went back too far, uh, Reach Records. Okay. Um, and he started a record label after like seeing like um, a few um, hip-hop, uh, Christian hip-hop artists. Um, he's went through a lot. He's been in, like crazy car accidents and things like that. And he started doing more Christian hip-hop. And like... His style has always been different. Like he he switches his style up a lot, so he's like he he attacks a lot of different styles. So you have you hear like a little New York in some songs, a little West Coast in some songs, a little Atlanta in some songs. Like you hear all around different styles and how he um and how he uh spits. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Texas, so a lot of times you hear that Texas and <laughs> how and how he talks and how he um how he talks and everything. But the album that I kind of want to highlight is not the most recent one because the most recent one was called Let the Trap Say Amen, which is... is Interesting. It grew on me because, <laughs> like, the, the, um, the album was, like, it's it's for a time when you're trying to grind, when you're trying to get things done. The album is perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> for that. Um, but the one I wanted to talk about is the uh, album where it's called All Things Work Together. Now... What happened was, and I was I was looking it up and found out, back in 2016, he did a TED Talk when he was talking about, like, how, like, the Christian church needs to talk more about um, racial issues. And, like, he got really into that after, like, the um, Philandra Castile, <laughs> a lot of things like that. He's talking about that. And then he got a lot of backlash. He got a lot of backlash um, from a lot of people saying that uh, he shouldn't talk about... Um, race-related issues. And then he wrote an op-ed to the Huffington Post, and this is all in 2016, mm-hmm. in 2016, um, that he was struggling with depression and doubt, which was partly caused by the backlash he received from many Af- American evangelists and, and evangelicals who are critical of his public stance on race-related issues. Mm-hmm. Which I can see that definitely happening <laughs> because that yeah, happens man. all the time. Because, like, I don't know if anybody knows, like in the 
Christian hip hop world, the audience is mostly it's 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 not a lot of black. It's it's weird because it's, it's them Hillsong people, child. Yeah, and if y'all know what Hillsong is, y'all know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's not a lot of um black people listen to Christian hip hop. I, I, that's, that's what I realized. It's not a, it's not a strong like a lot of black people don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. So like he got a I lot don't. of backlash. So I guess he was going through depression. What I like about this album that that came out in 2017 is that it was like I guess it was his breakthrough. He was like, all right, I'm tired of y'all. <laughs> this is where I'm at. <laughs> um, and it's all things work together. And there's this song that we're gonna play. It's called Facts. The song is fantastic. I'm all about this song. The first time I heard it, I was clutching my proverbial pearls like, who said that? Yeah. So I want y'all to listen to Facts by Lecrae. Get into it. It is awesome. Here we go. Peace does not come before salvation. And salvation does not come without truth. I will only tell tell the truth. People wonder, is he woke or just a new slave? Oh, religion, he just covered it with new change. Trapping out the church, he ain't really fake. He divisive, he don't rep the king, he just wants the fact. Ah, man, now they acting like I'm suddenly political. Told me shut my mouth and get my checks from evangelicals. Boy, my mama raised me on Angela and Eldridge. Chuck Berry made it, but the credit went to Elvis. No, you never knew that. No, you think I'm too black. I just think I'm too real. I grew up on two back. You grew up thinking that the Panthers were some terrorists. I grew up hearing how they fed my mama eggs and grits. Crazy. They say you should follow in the steps of King. I say you forgotten how they shot him in the streets. I ain't really changed. It's the same old rebel. Still a radical. I'm passionate. It's just another level. AC told me I should fight back. They don't like they that. Don't. Just know if you rock the boat, you better have a life right. BJ told me I should fight back. They don't like that. Just know if you rock the boat, you better have a life right. About the dungeon, yeah. I was feeling horny. Yeah. Now I'm being honey, and I'm on a honey. Hit the gas gunning, skip the pass running. Tell them they can bring that if they really want it. I'm on the home team, you just running with the wrong team. Never take them with the heavyweight, your boy, you die, need a little protein. Southside of the Yellowstone, had a hair and bone and a white tee. Got a 12 pack of that real talk in a truck, tell them come find me. Draped up, dripped out, covered in the blood. Man, I hang where they cripped out. Sipping on the mud, boy, they swinging, got the whips out. Watch them pop trunk, yeah, I know it's hella dark, but I'm trying to light it up. Now these people swear they own me. Sending out threats, told me keep my mouth shut. Told me be a step and fetch it, I will not oblige to your colonized way of faith. Mama Sika died for the world, not just you and say. They say Jesus was conservative, tell them that's a lie. No, he not a liberal either if you think I choose a side. They say pray you so divisive, shouldn't be a black church. I say do the math, segregation started dead first. Hey, you want unity and read a eulogy. Kill the power that exists up under you and over me. Right? I say you want unity, then read a eulogy. Kill the power that exists up under you and over me. Offense. Oh. 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 
for the right time to tell you how I feel. And yeah, I know that it hurts, but look, it's gon' heal. I waited till I was on prime time before we let y'all know. And you probably won't want to hear my music no more, but it's all good, man. I love y'all. Hope you know that I'm black, black. Trade in my smart car for a Cadillac. Can you handle that? And I love God. I love Jesus, the one out of Nazareth, not the European with the ultra permanent soft eyes and them thin lips. And I'm still been in the birds for quite some time, but I still might hit the gas station for the lemon heads and the pork rinds, and I'm on one. Yeah, 116, been real. Binghamton, Tennessee, from Third Ward to Center Hill, and I live in multiple worlds. Call me a hybrid, cause I'm so black. Young theologian who educated, but still be at that chicken shack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, get into it. When he said, um, I love Jesus, the black one, not the Europe- European one with the perm hair and thin lips, <laughs> I fell out. So I just need y'all to understand. Yeah. Fell out. Like just. I'm going to turn it down this time with needed, shotguns. Needed, sne- needed smelling salts. Needed revival. We need a revival. He gets shotguns for that one. I was like, I don't know why you got to talk to people like this, Lecrae. Is all that necessary? <laughs> like, I just, woo. My pearls were definitely clutched. Yeah, it was it was quite awesome. Word to Big Bird. It really was. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that that I'm glad that a few of y'all enjoyed that song. Word. He did kill it. He did, um, he did. Well, I had a I had a question in mm. terms of that. Um mm. do you think gospel artists who should like highlight more racial inequity and inequality? <sighs> and inequity, I guess. Um, black ones specifically, or you mean like just in general? Well, I'll say in general, honestly, um, because I, I I say in general because um, they say like the most segregated time in um in America is Sunday morning. So like, <laughs> so like, it's um, I think it should be round way all, all around, because like we like. A lot of times, black churches we talk about racial um, inequality, mm-hmm. racial inequity, mm-hmm. but like, are they talking about in white churches? <laughs> like, and I I use white churches loosely and black churches loosely. Been to white church, can't tell you. I like I, I I talk about them loosely, but it it's because it's, it's just so segregated that right. that's why that's where that come that, why that term comes mm-hmm. from in the first place. I agree. I understand. Um, I do. I feel like the artist should talk about it. If not artists, just like Christianity in general. Yeah, because that was getting ready to be my point. I'm like, the artist talking about it is cool, but if the churches themselves aren't willing to talk about it, which many of them are not, um, why why is the onus on people who are producing music of the alleged genre in order, like, why is it on them to do it? I think it needs to start from, because half these gospel artists that are out here are in some way or another affiliated with a covering at a church somewhere. Cool. Very few of them are just legit independent, don't go to nobody church. Like, they all affiliated with something. So, you know, I would like to think that their covering, wherever their church is, should be the ones kind of pushing that message forward, and then the artist will feel more inclined to address those topics in their music. But 
because I, I I don't I don't think I would necessarily say oh Kirk Franklin and 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 Erica Campbell and all of them need to be talking about this. I'm like if they don't talk about it in their home churches on Sunday, what are they talking about? It won't be received well. It won't be received well and by the people who need to hear it because okay. it's not just white people that need to hear about it. We need to hear about it too. Yeah, because some of us live in like a fantasy world where we don't think that these issues of racial inequality and inequity affect us. We're just like, you know, and, you know, I don't I don't want to be dismissive of people's faith because that's rude. But I do feel like a lot of Christians, especially black ones, try to push a lot of things under the God is in control. Jesus paid it all type of mentality. I'm like, that's cool or whatever. He did. Correct. Correct. But like, what are you doing as you to either bring awareness to this issue or to make an impact on having this issue change. Just paying lip service, saying Jesus paid it all and all that good stuff, that's not helping anybody. You can have all the faith in the world, all the platitudes, all the whatever, but if you're not doing anything to help change the situation in your own small way. I'm not saying you got to be the next Martin Luther King and lead a movement in the whole shebang, but like there are other ways that you can do something to address it. So why are you not doing that? Yeah. And like even even with with that in mind, Martin Luther King, like that back back then the churches kind of led the charge with that stuff in the first place. Yeah. Like it's not happening as much right now. Yeah. Right, right now I think a lot of churches are just back right more on the um, like on the, the back burners. Like the prime like black civil rights leaders that we can identify today with the exception of like Reverend Al Sharpton. And I don't know if he even be going to anybody's church or preaching anyway. We're not not talking about him. We're we're also not talking about him, but I'm just saying just, you know, in case somebody's (laughs) like, well, there is Reverend Al. I don't really know too much about that. I'm not going to speak on that man's situation. I don't know that man's life. However, (laughs) like when we think of leaders of the civil rights movement and the black rights, black lives matter. And I don't like using that because I feel like, it's deeper than that, but whatever. But those in the in the front lines of those movements aren't religiously affiliated, most of them. No. Not, not at all. Not so at all. it's like, when did the shift happen and why? Well, I think it's, like I said, I think because um, a lot of um, Christians took a back burner and said it's not our fight. Right. And I I, I think, of course, there's a, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed. Like, of course, you want to address... Um, your faith and make sure that address. But I, th- I think social justice is a stance that Christians need to address also. Mm-hmm. I don't know how like social justice and racial inequality have become non-Christian. Right. And like, it, and, and, and if it's, it's always almost became non-Christian, especially like even like, um, like I've seen like, um, why, like white evangelicals are against anything black, like that's pro-black and they, they made that like an anti-christian thing to be a part of mm-hmm. and like people just fall into it and like it, it, it's insane like I, I remember like white evangelicals against black panther <laughs> like i remember even seeing right that. i remember seeing that on the internet and i was just like sis it's a movie i don't understand why <laughs> why you it's not for you okay everything's not for you and you can ju- like there are plenty of things in this world that aren't for me you know what i do i move on i live my life i find the things that are for me and i move on literally y'all have everything can we just have Black Panther without all of this extra stuff? Can we just yeah. can we just can we be cool? <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> but like it's it's so it's weird that 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 
like someone has made that stance and that's what they've gone through. Like someone has made the stance that to do anything against racial injustice is an anti-Christian thing. And that whoever made that up, kudos to their intelligence in doing that because they've, they somehow made it so that I can't fight for my rights without being anti-Christian. Somehow. Right. I'm like, if me, if me <laughs> fighting they... for my right to be recognized as a fully formed and eligible and, and uh, deserving of rights and being treated equally to any other like so, person in this country. If that's anti-Christian, then okay. Yeah, like I, I, I just, I just don't know. How, like, I, I don't so, see how me happened. as a black person fighting to be treated right is anti-Christian. Like something, hap- I don't understand. Something happened within the last few years that made social fighting against social injustice an anti-Christian movement. Something has made that. Something has transformed that whole thing, and I. I can't really pinpoint so like I know certain instances that have happened like like they they, they labeled Barack Obama anti-Christian. They said so that guess, man was a whole Muslim. Forget anti-Christian. They said he was a whole Muslim. So like they say that anything he does might be anti like and like I don't know maybe that's just like that's tied into how they made Well well let's the, let's the, just cut to the chase here that for a lot of people Christian equals white. For a lot of people Christian equals I'm up here, you're down there. For a lot of people in this country, Christian equals it's okay for me to treat other people like trash because I'm using the name Christian. When in reality, if you are following Christ, none of that is Christ-like. Not a, not a little bit of it. None of it. Yeah. So using Christian is actually a complete misnomer because that is not what you are being. You're being something else. But a Christian ain't it. Because yeah. the Jesus that I read about in the Bible was out here dealing with the undesirables of the world. He was flipping tables over and telling people that they was wilding and disrespecting his father's house. Jesus, The Jesus of the Bible that I read was about something. The Jesus of the Bible that I read was about social justice, was about making change in the world, was about calling out injustice and, and things that were wrong. So these people out here that call themselves a Christian, I'm like, that's a whole lie. It's a lie, and a lie don't care who tell it. And unfortunately... And, 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 patriotism and Christianity are not, are not the same. same. And I think that's the other issue too. A lot of people are marrying those two things and they are not. It's not the same thing. They are not the same thing. They are not the same thing at all. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of annoying. Also patriotism is a concept, at least how it's expressed here is a little stress inducing at best. But um, <laughs> I don't even yeah. want to get into that. Cause I just yeah. be like, y'all putting 20 on 10 and I don't know why they're doing too much. The most, the absolute yeah. most. So. Another thing I want to talk about music-wise. So, can we just have a conversation that you can't, like, number one, if you have a disc record against me and the instrumentals fly, I'm fighting you, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? Please give us some backstory about how you arrived here. <laughs> this is the problem. So, Jay-Z has a song called Blueprint 2. And what people always talk about, like, laugh about, talk about, he says, Unleash the Flutes. That instrumental is insane. It is fly. It is. Right? But that was a diss against Nas. So that like, he can't really perform that song anymore. He can't really play that song anymore because they're cool now. Right, they're friends. <laughs> like, I think Nas is on Rock Nation, whatever it is. But, no, he's not. He's on, he's good music. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, like, he's like, all right, we're cool. I can't play the music. So he decided to sell the instrumental to, like, commercials. <laughs> yes, and I have just, heard it on a commercial which, recently. Which is, 
Which is disrespectful because like now, like Nas knows that's the song. Like right. Nas hears the song. He's like, so I, I got to listen to the song while like trying to think about getting pills. Like what's what? <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't just chill. <laughs> like it's, that's never going to go away. It's going to be a part of his life no matter how hard he tries. I got I to look at it. When this, what, what commercial was that for? I don't remember. I don't even for. remember. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I, I can't just, I can't just rock out. No, I got to think about Jay-Z dissing me <laughs> in the middle of the song. Like I feel like it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. To like, I feel like after we after we clean up our beef, you can't sell the instrument to, to anybody. That's disrespectful. <laughs> well, Sean is about a bag, and, and as as a Jay Z fan, I'm sure that you know that Sean Carter is about a bag. I just think okay? it's disrespectful to sell the instrument to somebody for commercial. Sean, so now, Sean so now said, that I listen to you dissing me subconsciously. Sean said you just gonna be have to be big. You just gonna have to be big mad. I'm getting I'm getting to this money though. I've been getting to the money. Hey, everybody mad. Shout out to OT Genesis. The song is lit. Um, That's for Christmas. What? You you don't see if OT Genesis at all. I'm just saying <laughs> that he's giving me bop after bop, and I can't. I don't have a problem. I'm fine. That's fine. I'm fine. Um, but we're going to go right into the speaking random. Word so. to Big Bird. So in the music uh, realm, DJ Khaled put out an album this week. Um, this past week and um, you know one of Nipsey Hussle's final records was on there um, and he also showed us the video for it um, I got a little verklimp watching the video I was like dang just knowing knowing that he's dead yeah that, that, it's just like yeah. it's it quite a bunch of tears yes quite, quite, quite and I mean the song is beautiful though and I'm not just saying that because he's dead I actually like it and listen I went back after I saw the video and listened to the whole album straight through a lot of skips yeah. a lot of skips yeah. there are a lot of songs I was just like I I mm, no, but like DJ Khaled is about making hits, and I'm not a hit person. I, I, I had a conversation. I'm, I'm just not making it. And so he's like in his mind, he's like, I'm trying to find club hits and everything. The problem I have, I like Grateful a lot more. No, not Grateful. Um, Major Key. Major Key. Oh yeah, I like, Major Key. I, I can play without I like, skipping. I like Major Key a lot more, and I I feel like because he brought people who got bars, mm-hmm. and I think that was that was important. Like that song that had it. Who was it? it was Jada Kiss, Busta Rhymes, Fabulous, and uh, Fat Joe. Yeah. Like Flames, Fuego, Fuego, and then the song that I think closed out the album. Um, no, no. They didn't close out the album. They didn't close out the, the album. Kent Jones. The one with Kent Jones. I had never heard of Kent Jones before, but like. That that last verse, I can't even take it. I literally wanted to throw my headphones when I heard it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I didn't like Grateful that much. I can't remember a single song off of it, if I'm being honest. I think I deleted it off my title, too, because I'm like, this is taking up valuable space. Um, and his father of Assad, first of all, I'm, I need him to stop putting that baby everywhere. Like... <laughs> That baby's just trying to live his life. I don't understand why that baby's at award shows late at night. I don't understand why that baby's on the album. Like, I just leave that baby alone, Mr. Mister Callan. Let Assad go be a toddler. Thank you. Um, but, like, yeah, the songs, he had, like, some Buju Bantan. Why am I saying Buju Bantan? Like, I, don't I, to say I right. have no idea. Because, you know, what? I keep hearing people say <laughs> Buju Bantan. Like, I keep hearing people say it repeatedly. <laughs> I know how to say it right. I do. <laughs> I don't like, know. You know. Shut up. <laughs> okay. I've been hearing people talk about Buju for the longest, and like I think somehow their way of saying Banton has gotten into my head. <laughs> Buju Banton um, is 
Okay, you're gonna drag it now. <laughs> um, Buja Bantan is on on on. Um, Buja Bantan is on two of the songs. He opens and closes the album basically, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. You know, Buju got out of jail. We've been saying free Buju for years, so he's finally out of jail. Kudos out here securing these bags. Who are me to be mad? Um, but there were some songs that I felt like. I saw who the artist was, and I was like, oh, this is about to be lit. And I was disappointed. Like, the Wish Wish, Cardi being 21 Savage, I thought I was going to like that. I don't hate it, but if I never hear it again, I'm fine. Yeah. Um. The song Meek Mill, J Balvin, Lil Baby, y'all can have that as well. The Travis Scott Post Malone one, I never wanted to hear because I don't care about either one of them. I'm not interested, well, no, no thanks. I think my biggest disappointment of the songs on the album was probably I'll tell you which one it is the CeeLo Nas one if you give me a 12 verse Nas just, ever again if you ever give me a 12 bar Nas verse ever I just again, I just wanted I don't know what I <sighs> if they ever give me a 12 bar Nas verse ever again I'm not going to fight them okay Joe Budden um but, I just <laughs> but seriously though I just I but, felt but seriously though here's my here's my problem so <laughs> Nas album done on was that major, major key? keys give i was ready then the nas album came and left without much much fanfare and i didn't like it very much so like i just feel like part of my problem is i keep hoping for like quality nas material and i'm not getting it and i'm starting to get annoyed when I see his name pop up on something. Because I'm like, yo, you keep disappointing me. And I don't know why. And I don't know why I keep being in this abusive relationship. I should probably just end it. Because no, I don't have to do this I, I, Well, like, he, he, he has some quality stuff. Now that I'm done was good. Um, the verse he did on Swiss was good. Yes, that was good. So, like, I was coming expecting similar quality here, and that's not what I got. But that was the shortest Nas verse I've ever heard. And I was big. Man. I was like, so is there more? And I was like, oh, he's done. Oh. That was- that was the shortest oh. Nas verse. Like, y'all could have kept that ever. whole song. Like, what, was was he booked and busy? Did he not have time to give you, like, I just, I don't understand. I didn't like it. Um, also, the other thing that confused me, why is Top Off on this album? Top Off came out, like, how long ago? Like, a year and a half ago, Top Off came out. He, he, he went so, he went so, so strange. Because Beyonce had it in the um the Homecoming um Coachella set, so I was like, it's been out for a while. No, nah, he, he's went so streams. I cool. guess. That's how the numbers work. He's went so I'm fine. Um, but yeah, the album I wasn't impressed by terribly. Like I'm not gonna delete it off of my off of my title, but I'm not over the moon about it. Um, what's it called? Um, Mark Francis was telling me about Thank You, and mm-hmm. I was like, Thank You grew on me, and I like it. Okay, the Big Sean. I do like that. I yeah, do like that. I, I think that um. I think when I first heard it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like any other thank you track. I think that's why, I think that's the ears I had on when I first heard it. So I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then when I really like listened to it, I was like, oh, okay. Thank, thank you. He, he's he's going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Sean he, is, he's, Big, he's, he's doing all right. Big Sean is doing his, hey, I'm going to give you some consistent bars and then maybe give you an album where you're going to have to guess if it's going to be good or not. So. That's fine. Point me to the lie I just told. All right. The one I'm making. <laughs> um, I'm waiting. All right, we're gonna move forward. The, so, so the so the standouts on your on the album were just um, Nipsey, mm-hmm. and I like the Scissor one too. Scissor was good. That that song was good too. Mm-hmm, just us. Um, Meek Mill had good verses. He did. I don't dislike his verses. I just don't know if I liked everybody else that was on the song. Like I just I don't. I just don't. 
Yeah, Meek Mill had good verses though. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's about it. Yeah, and I was like, all right, that's fine, Mr. Khaled. After um, us waiting for this album for like so long, because I feel like I was hearing about this album for like at least a year. So I'm like, okay, I'm glad you finally got that together. Um, so next thing in this week in random, so this mom movie. I don't know if everybody has seen the preview, but it's a movie coming out soon. Octavia Spencer from The Help and um, a host of other movies, but The Help is what comes to mind right this moment because um, I think she won an Oscar for that. Um, she's basically playing like this older woman who um, befriends like young high school um, white kids. It's one and black kid. It's like one black boy in there. He should have known. And um, <laughs> she offers to buy them alcohol and party with them, and then she ends up stalking them and kidnapping them. It gets wild. When I first saw the preview, what I said to myself was, how y'all ain't know this was a trap? <laughs> what older black woman in the history of all the older black women we have ever known has ever, like, been with kid shenanigans? <laughs> like, when has it ever happened? Like, if an older black woman comes up to me right now and tells me she wants to buy me alcohol, now you got to get your crazy behind away from me, sis. <laughs> You're up to something, and I'm not with it. Older black women are, like, the 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 security of the black community. They're not with the shenanigans. They see you with the shenanigans. They're, ready, they're getting ready to shut it down. <laughs> In church, at the mall, at the park, anywhere they see you getting into some shenanigans. An older black woman is about to gather your whole entire life. So how do these children ain't know that this was a ploy when some older black woman came to talk about she going to buy some alcohol? No, man. Mm -mm. I wouldn't have fell for it. Mm -mm. I'd have been like, something's off with her. I'm out of here. I'm not playing these games. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Older black, that, that is not the vibe that older black women are on. I don't know a single old black woman that I can go to and be like, or that I could go to as a teenager and be like, hey, you're going to buy me some alcohol. I don't know a single one. Not one. Mm -hmm. So I, they, they should have had knowed. Um <laughs> I'm not going to see this movie because um, I'd be dreaming about stuff afterwards and I like to sleep. So you scary. I'm a little scary. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely a little scary. Um, so I won't be going to see it, but I hope it does well. Kudos, Miss Octavia. But I just I just kept being like, mm -mm. y'all don't see the signs. Y'all don't see the signs. Older black women don't roll like this. Stop playing. Something wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, people pay attention. Pay attention. Um, so staying in the arts field. Uh, so it's Memorial Day weekend. We're recording this. So uh, every year for the last how many every years? Nine, ten years. Mark and I have been going to Dance Africa, um, which is in Brooklyn every Memorial Day weekend. Fort Greene. Shout out to BK. Work, work. Um, and so we went this year and every year they have like a guest dance company from a different country. So in previous years, they've had dance companies from Mali, from Senegal, from Cuba, um, from South Africa. Um, I'm sure there are a couple. They had some from Morishana one year, I think. Okay. Um, they've had like a variety of like different African dance um, companies from different like actual countries in Africa. Because um, Africa is a continent, not a country, just in case people were confused. Over 50 countries in Africa, not a continent. 50 countries. Anyway, <laughs> geography lesson for the girls because people be saying Africa like it's a whole country. Um, but anyway, and it's bigger than um, most of the continents. The maps are not portrayed um, to the correct scale. You ain't hear that from me, though. Do your research. Um, so this year they had um, a group from Rwanda. And um, the reason they had them in part this year was because this year marks the 25th anniversary of the genocide that happened between the Hutu and Tutsi people. And um, so they did have this group from Rwanda come and their theme was to sort of do a 
celebration of here's where we were, here's what we did to each other, here's where we are now. And like one of the things, and it, they, they incorporated like dance and song and spoken word. It was like so beautiful. There were a few moments I got a little misty eyed. I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Oh my God. Mm. Um, but what was so beautiful about it is um, the spoken word artist like talked at the end um, and she basically said, you know, because of this, we no longer consider ourselves to be Hutu, Tutsi, whatever. Yeah. We're all Rwandan. Yeah. Like we've gotten rid of that like tribalism of being like, well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that and separating ourselves. We've seen the error of our ways and we are Rwandan. It doesn't all that other stuff doesn't matter. And, you know, it made me think like, how great would that be if like black people could do that? Like yeah. all of us. Yeah. And, and, and like it was um, it was interesting because it was like. We want to we want to stop being known as a place for genocide because Rwanda is never the country that people think about when they want to go to Africa. Yeah, no, Rwanda's like, name been all around. And people always think about it as in the negative sense, like oh, it must be crazy over there, it must be violent. And the reality is, I was looking it up; it's actually not violent at all over there. It's very peaceful over there. Yeah, and, and like, it's but, one of the richest countries in Africa. They have a lot of resources. Yeah, and they've really rebuilt a lot of themselves um, since then. If you've ever seen Black Earth Rising on, um, I love on net on. I was gonna say Netflix on. Ne- <laughs> it's been a late. It's been a long day. If you've ever seen Black Earth Rising on Netflix with Michaela Cole from Chewing Gum, it gives you a good. Um, breakdown, that helped. breakdown of like everything that happened in a not uh, in it's, a way in a way that you can digest it. It's not a biography. It's more it's it's a fiction story. Yeah, but um, yeah. It, it's it's interesting to look at. You, you should you should see it. Yeah. Um, is it a fiction story? Can I make it up? I'm not sure. It might be. It might not be. I'll, I'll look that up. I don't want to. You don't want to lie. I don't give like may, maybe the main character is like a fictional person, but like the events that they talk about are based on real. Yeah. experiences but yeah watching that black earth rising gave me like because i think i was a little kid when the rwandan stuff was happening if it was 94 i was probably like seven or eight so i didn't really i knew it was happening but i didn't really understand what was going on so i think you know watching that gave me some perspective of like what really was happening at that time in that country and then just like sort of seeing how things have changed and how much they've grown since then so to see these uh these dancers um come and kind of tell their story via art was really um it's fiction. cool and brought it like full circle it's fiction about, okay it's fiction about black earth rising yeah but yeah, it's it's you know it gives you an idea of what what took place, and so I thought you know that was really really good. Well, historical um, fiction, I guess. Cool. Yeah, historical fiction. Um, but yeah, Dance Africa is always a wonderful time. I'm glad that we're able to go every year, and if you're in the New York area, you absolutely should take advantage of it. Like it's so beautiful. Like we took Avery, and Avery, I think Avery's going to be a dancer because she was like watching the dance, like so enthralled. Yeah, she was very excited. About and the she dancing. kept talk, she kept touching me and being like. Look, look, do you see? Do you see? Like, she loves dance. Like, she loves to watch people dancing. So I think, you know, it was good to expose her to that. Because we took her last year, but she was only, like, seven months. She didn't know what was going on. She's probably asleep. So <laughs> I'm just being honest. She was probably asleep. So this time she's, like, more alert and aware, and I'm just, like, glad that we were able to, like, bring her to that and, yeah. you know, expose her to that. And hopefully she'll be 
she'll be uh, attending many more of those in the years to come, and maybe she'll even dance at one of them. Yeah, and then the, vent, the vendors are outside. Yeah. And the vendors are outside also at the International African Arts Festival, which is the weekend after Fourth, Fourth of July, July weekend. weekend. Yeah. Like, if you want your, you know, your waist beads, your African clothes, your stuff, like, that's the place to be at. They have the things. Commodore Barry Park. Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Um, so... Moving forward, so this week, um, I, I mentioned uh, maybe two podcasts ago, um, Queen Robin, Rihanna Fenty, was putting out a line um, with uh, Louis Vuitton, Moet, Tennessee, and um, it launched, uh, she had a pop-up shop uh, a couple days ago in Paris, um, and so uh, she also did an interview where she basically talked about, like, you know, how she wanted to change the game in fashion a little bit and put out clothes that you could like get immediately because she was saying like you know she's like a muse for a lot of these um european fashion houses because rihanna is very considered very fashion forward and stylish or whatever the case is and she's like one of my issues i always felt with stuff is i would see something in a runway show and then like i would have to wait like six eight months to get it i want to give people that quality of stuff but that they can just go online and get it and she was saying that she was talking to whoever it is that is the head of LVMH. And they were basically saying that that's sort of the future of fashion in a sense. And so Rihanna's sort of like, you know, um, trailblazing in this idea of putting out high quality, high end fashion that people can go on to a website and just buy. Mm-hmm. So I've signed up to um, receive alerts about the items on her website. It isn't I don't feel like I'm gonna be able to afford much on there. Um but these sunglasses are super cute that she um, has. And I definitely could, could splurge, treat my, treat yourself, treat myself to a pair of sunglasses. Um, but them clothes, I saw some of them prices, like $1,100. That's a wool baby. Yeah. That's not how I'm set up. I would love to support my sister, but, you know, it ain't that ain't how I'm set up. But, like, a lot of her stuff is very, like, futuristic looking. And then a lot of it is, like, you know, if you pay attention to Rihanna, you know she likes to wear a lot of, like, uh, blazers and like jackets and like suit jackets and stuff like that and so she's made some of them like into dresses and um you know she's got like some shoes as part of the collection is very robust like i thought it was just clothes but it's like jewelry she's got accessories she's got shoes she's got dresses jackets she's like got sunglasses like i said so i'm just excited and i cannot wait to see the full collection of stuff once the um website is up and she was saying that you know she's going to constantly add things to the website so it's not going to be like just static and like once it's sold out it's sold out like there'll be plenty of things for you to get um to support her um her efforts um as time goes on um she also in the interview she did talked about releasing an album so like it was rumored that it was going to be a reggae album so she confirmed that in the interview it's probably going to be called r9 because she said that's what the navy is requesting and she's like now i'm calling it r9 so i don't feel like i can call it anything else but she doesn't know when it's going to be released um so i guess we will wait rihanna doesn't care about us as um her fans (laughs) when it comes to music rihanna's like i'm gonna keep putting out this lingerie and this makeup and these clothes and y'all going to deal. Y'all going to get this album and I feel like giving it to you. And I'm just like, that's fine. But like, I want you to care a little bit more about us as fans. Because I feel like we're like literally like rabidly waiting for music. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay, I got these clothes. What you trying to do? I'm like, I, that's fine. But like, where's the album? And I feel like she just doesn't, she doesn't care about us wanting said album. Like, I'm just like, Robin, like, I appreciate you. I support you. Kudos, you know, for like, 
you know, just being great and amazing at what you do, but can give the people some music. Because I have been wearing anti out, <laughs> and I would I would like something new. Okay, I've literally, I've legitimately downloaded all of her albums on Tidal, and I will go back and listen to them in order repeatedly. And I'm just like Robin. That's fine. It's great. Love your bodies of work. Give me something new though. So you know, and they're saying that this might be her last album. I don't know how true that is, but like. It seems realistic to me because, like, based on the interview, it seems like she's not really as committed to doing music now that she's got her hand in all these other pots. Like, it seems like she wants to, like, have her influence in the world be more about the beauty industry and, like, what she's doing in that realm than in music. So it does seem plausible to me that this is probably going to be her last album which is why she's just kind of like well y'all girls will get it when i give it to you and you'll deal and i'm like we will we will deal we will (laughs) we will i just need her to hurry up i'm like can it be in 2019 sis can i and i need her to do a tour like i don't want her to just drop an album and like just peace out like i need a tour so i can go and see you and then you can quit so (laughs) that's fine that's that's where we are um, with that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, um, Game of Thrones, I've been watching, finally ended um, last week. Um, people had mixed reviews regarding how it ended. Some people were up in arms, felt like it was like the worst ending they had ever seen. I guess because I haven't been watching Game of Thrones for like eight years, legitimately. Like I started watching Game of Thrones on maternity leave because I was just like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Let me get into it. Um I was fine with the ending, honestly. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't big mad. I was like, okay, well, yeah, okay. I was satisfied with it. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. You didn't um, need um, counseling like everybody else. <laughs> I don't need counseling. I'm fine. <laughs> My emotional investment in the show was not like really as big as it needed to be. Like I'm. I'm good. I think my only issue with the ending is that there were two characters in particular that they built up. For like seasons, for like two seasons, they built up Jon Snow and Arya. Like they were going to be like these amazing game changers. Da, 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 da. And I mean, in some ways they were, but I'm like, all that hype to have the show end how it ended. I was like, well, y'all didn't need, y'all didn't need to spend two seasons on Jon Snow dying and coming back from the dead and being Egon Targaryen. And like, y'all could have, y'all didn't have to do all that. If it was going to end how it ended. Because I don't want to, like, tell it if nobody's seen it. I'm going to assume most people have. But, like, for it to end how it ended with him, like, riding off with the Wildlings, girl, y'all could have kept that whole he's the true king storyline. I'm fine. And then with Arya, like, I just felt like her story arc just sort of ended after she killed the Night King. I was just like, so what's she doing now? Like, I don't. We did all of that with her, like. Um, getting the training to change faces and all that jazz and learning how to fight and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that was it? That was the end of that? Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, it just felt like... <laughs> and I know it's because they didn't have any source material to work with. They just kind of had to figure it out. But I just sort of felt like those two characters, like, their development annoyed me a little bit because it was like, you did all this build-up, 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 and then it was just kind of like, Arya's going to go, like, be a sailor and ride around to the edges of the earth in a boat. And I was just like, well, that's that's all. That's it. That's all. That's how we. Okay. All right. So th- that the, was my main annoyance. But overall, what, I felt like I was satisfied with it. What the writers of Game of Thrones said is, I'm going to get the Star Wars money. Oh, they're doing Star Wars? I think it's Star Wars. They said oh. That. And they was, I'm going to get the Star Wars money. I'm going to catch y'all later. 
Oh, well, you know, it's whatever. Security bag, sis. Security bag. I'm going to catch you later. I'm going to get the Star Wars money. Because <laughs> my other thing, too, was like I felt like the season was too short. I was like, there was some characters that just like the storyline accelerated really fast. And I was just like, it would have been nice if this was stretched out over maybe like 13 episodes, like a Netflix series. So it was I like, could nah, get the Star Wars money. I can figure it out because I just felt like it was rushed. I was like, damn, it started and now it's over. It's crazy. Um, speaking of Netflix, um, I was watching, my coworker told me about this show called, uh, Dead to Me on Netflix. And I started watching it on, what, two nights ago? And I finished it last night. This show is good. It is good. Netflix is giving some quality content. Y'all can say whatever y'all want. Netflix can take the $15. Ain't no problem. If they keep giving me this kind of content, I'm fine. The show is good. I will say, I figured out who the potential... So basically, let me give you a backstory. So Dead to Me stars Christina Applegate and a bunch of other white people. Um, (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny. I legit don't know all their names. I only know Christina Applegate. Don't know who the other people are. But the point is, in the show, Christina Applegate's husband is killed by a hit-and-run driver. And she's trying to figure out who did it. So it's like the show starts, I guess, like three months after the husband has been killed by the hit and run driver. And I figured out in episode one who was the person that killed the husband. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for nobody, but I saw how they were setting it up. I was like, okay, so this is who it is. Got it. The way it ended, though, I was like, whoop. Because when I once I figured out who the person was and over the episode, they kept revealing more and more and eventually pointing to who the person was that killed the husband. I was like, well, how are they going to have a season two? But that twist at the end, child, I was like, oh, boy. This, this, mm, mm. I think it ended, and I was like, oh, with my mouth open. So I think it's great. Uh, you should watch it if you can. It's like 30-minute episodes. It's not like Netflix episodes that be an hour long, no commercials. Because, my God, that can be stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to binge watch a show on Netflix that's an hour long with no commercials. My God. Yeah. Ooh, but it's 30 minutes. So you can, like, legit watch the whole show in a day. If you have nothing to do for a couple of hours. But um, yeah, really good show. Would definitely recommend. Um, what are some other things we're watching on Netflix right now? Big Mouth. Big Mouth is hilarious. It's Big garbage, Mouth. but it's hilarious. I don't think it's hilarious. Big Mouth is a show. Children shouldn't watch it. That children shouldn't watch, but it is educational for children. It's weird. Yes. It's yes. a weird combination of it's educational for children. But children probably shouldn't watch it. And by children, <laughs> we mean like junior hires, yeah. not like, you know, your four year old. Definitely not. They shouldn't watch it. But like it's a show that if people don't know what it is, it's like an animated show. Jordan Peele um, is affiliated with it. Some other people. But Jordan Peele is the person that comes to mind immediately. Go black man. Um, he, it's a show about it's an animated show. I'm sorry. About junior high school aged kids going through puberty. Yeah. With hormones and shame and stuff like that. Yeah. It's very, like, inappropriate a lot of times. No, the, the comedy is very inappropriate. <laughs> a lot of times it's inappropriate. But it, like, it kind of explains it visually through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. It's educational. It's just very inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, more inappropriate than Family Guy, than all those. It's yeah. way more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if I would recommend a junior high schooler watch it. No. But it's bad idea. the content in terms of, like, discussing puberty... You can, like, watch it yourself and then talk to your child about it. Yes, yes, that. correct, correct, correct. They, a great they, strategy. They might not watch it. It's great strategy. It's a idea for, for them to watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's absolutely, I wouldn't recommend. Would not recommend for a junior high schooler. <laughs> would not recommend. Strong, would not recommend. But otherwise, great show. Um, what else are we watching on Netflix? What else are we? We got to catch up with um, 
Blacklist. But. Oh, yeah, Blacklist. It's too many seasons. I think that's the problem with trying to watch network shows on Netflix. Network shows be going on for six months, my G. It'd be like 23 episodes. I'm like, okay. Then I'm trying to binge on Netflix like six seasons of 23 episodes. I can't really do the math, but it's definitely over 100 episodes. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. I, can't. I think that's why even with Game of Thrones, I had to like start and stop because I was just like, it is too much. Yeah. I can't watch all of these seasons in a week. Like I think I watched the first three or four in like one week and then took a break and came back to yeah. the other ones because I just couldn't. It's a lot. It was a lot. It's, it's a lot. But, you know. Yeah. What um, else? Yeah. And I think we're also watching, um, what's it called? Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Is this the last season? I don't know. Because these storylines for the last two seasons have been a little draggy. Yeah, yeah they've, they've been dragging it. Drag, dragging. Like, it's, it's, they ain't something new. Yeah. It's, it's a little draggy. Like, any Agent Coulson to die, that dude done died about three times. And <laughs> I'm, stay dead. He's like Nick Fury. Like, just won't die. Yeah. Like every time I talk, oh, they're dead. Never mind. That's why now when they talk about Nick Fury dead, I'll be like, he going to pop up at somebody's funeral. Like he did at, um, on Iron Man's. I was like, I thought you was dead, though. I had I thought they said you was dead. No, no you're not dead. Oh, okay. All right. <sighs> Stressful. Work. I can't take it. Um, And the other thing I was just reading while I was sitting here, um, Ethiopia has just received or just elected its first female leader, which is, you know, to, to some people it might not be a really big deal, but... I was taking a geography class this summer, I mean, this year, and we were learning about um, the leaders of African countries. And shockingly, a lot of them have not had women leaders. Very few actually have. Liberia has had, um, I believe, Sierra Leone, and like maybe two other countries, and that's it. So, you know, the fact that Ethiopia is, you know, joining the rest of the world and getting a woman well, uh, well, America hasn't yet great. either, so. Hmm? America hasn't yet either, so. Yeah. We're not really, <laughs> you're not um, really doing what we could. So, you know, um, kudos to the good people of Ethiopia. All right. So this is um, the last thing we're going to do today is our tea tips. Tea tips. Tea tips, tea tips, tea tips. So this tea tip says, tea get your website together. Together. Get your website up. You are missing out on so much revenue by not having a website up. A professionally looking website can change the public view of your business. Your initial goal is to make sure you have quality content for your audience. How do you know what gets people to stay? Research, research, research. Look at the top businesses in your field. See what kind of content they have. Determine how you want to be viewed as a company. Do you want to be viewed as artsy, conservative, high fashion, tech-focused, kid-friendly, family-oriented, etc.? You want someone to feel something when they visit your website. What do you want that feeling to be? Websites are important. <laughs> Websites are important to drive revenue. Websites are a... It's like, it is your storefront, if you don't have a store. It is a way to get people from the outside in. A lot of people don't think you're legitimate until you have a website. Mm-hmm. All right. So you need to have a, not only have a website, but have a quality website that is easy to navigate. That is important. Um, Once again, the BLM, we Word. design websites. Yes, we do. Um, If you would like a website, uh, the cost is only $99 a month for for one year. 
um, of managing your website, or it's eighty-five dollars a month for two years of managing your website. Um, if you have any questions and you need a website, please contact us. You can go to contact at theblm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, just let us know, and that that's usually for like most um for most websites that's usually the price. Anything a little extra, like if you need a store or if you need a um. Other additional things might be additional costs, but we'll let you know. Just let us know. And that is our tea tips. Yep, 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 yep. All right. And this is the end of our episode, episode seven. Thank yes. you so much for listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening and for sharing um, our podcast with people and letting people know what we've got going on over here. We appreciate it. We thank you for the feedback that you give us. Um, yeah, this is you know, we're only seven episodes in, but this is like really, really exciting. Um, I really feel like we're doing something great here and uh it's all because of you guys. Word. We do it for you. We do it for the people. We do it for the people. For the people. Yeah. So um remember we are on the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, we have a website, all of no fear dot com. Um, if you want to email us with questions, thoughts, concerns, all love no fear pcast at gmail.com. That's where you can find us. Uh, until next time, we bid you adieu. Adieu. Goodbye, farewell, so long. Deuce. Peace.